Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is the Wally and Mathot Show. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally Mathot Show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot, also known as the jolly old elf himself. Uh, Meth, is your your Christmas shopping done? A jolly old elf? I'm more of like the grumpy old elf, Wally. And no, Christmas shopping? Are you kidding me? I don't. You couldn't pay me right now to go to Costco on a weekend or a shopping mall for that matter. So I haven't done, I haven't bought you. I I haven't purchased anything for you and Craig just yet. It might be a delayed, maybe, you know, post new year gift or something. We'll see. Wait a second. So what about Ellie? Have you not bought her gifts? Nope. What? Ellie can go to HomeSense any day of the week that she wants. (laughs) And you're going to sit here and tell me that I need to go get her a gift. Are you kidding me? No, it's pillows. She needs oh, the pillows. No. Like if, if I could just turn my camera, around. like I'm in this, I'm in the theater room. I've, I've said this before, right? Yeah. And and you know, it's kind of a, it looks, it's just in shambles because of the podcast setup and all that stuff. But there are still tons of pillows in here that don't ever see the light of day. So uh, I don't know what we're gonna do. I, I'll, I'll get her a card or something. We don't need oh. to be buying each other gifts. Wow, you are all heart. Uh, the Wally Mathot Show brought to you by BEI Bonisher Excavating Inc. They are helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Go to BonishereExcavating.com. And a reminder to slow down in construction zones, especially this time of year. Uh, Were you on the roads, by the way, on uh, Wednesday night with the freezing rain that that was falling? Uh, No, I don't believe so. I had to go to Arm Prior to take my kids skating. And there was four accidents between Ottawa and Arm Prior in the entire time. Yeah. Up and back. It It was wild to me. Like, Roads got really bad really quick. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the weather we've been getting lately, yeah. right? Like, and I think today we're supposed to get a little bit of freezing rain too. So I'm just going to yeah. be hibernating in the basement. I think. Yep. Oh yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention Wally oh, yeah. two sick kids. So, you know, we've, we're all battling colds in our house right now. Confirmed not COVID by the way, before anybody starts attacking me. Uh, and um, yeah. So if I sound a little nasally, that's, yeah. that's what's going on right now. So this is actually nice refuge for me as we speak. I've been able yeah. to get away from uh, the kids for a little bit. 
Welcome to the four-hour edition of the Wally and Mathod show. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? She would storm in here, guaranteed. That'd be so good. I might just try to do that. All right, let's get to uh, no, the headlines, shall we? Brought to you by right. sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathod for the most competitive odds. Uh, they are Canada's online casino and sportsbook. Meth, the Ottawa Senators, they're flying. Um, they're like... Yeah. It's it, let's call this in a sunshine state as they're in Tampa taking on the lightning in Thursday night's game. They have won five of six. The big question is why? Uh, can you tell me why? I don't know why I've been betting Here's what against I think. almost every game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I think we saw this the last, at the end of last season, I keep comparing it because at the end of last season, they said, listen, we're just here to try and rebuild for next year. We're going to play all the young guys and we're just going to go out and play loose and play whatever. Yeah. So these guys are now skating with pace. Alex Formington on the second line is allowed a little bit more speed, especially with Tim Stutzel in the middle. They've got some guys in the back end yep. moving a little quicker. All that pace is one thing. But the other part, and you tell me if I'm wrong, if you don't have to worry about winning games and you can worry about maybe taking some chances and picking up an extra point, you may not be as first back on the back check as you need to be or as quick to a puck in the defensive zone if you're trying to blow the zone and trying to get up the ice. And I think that that's a yeah. part. They don't have the pressure, Matt, of trying to win because their head coach has said, we're in a rebuilding mode right now or we're uh, redevelopment or whatever it's called, development stage. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. what I think is transpiring. I don't think that they're any better than they were. I just think now they're playing a lot more loose and free. That's that's for sure one thing that's going on. And I have to agree with you there, Wally. And I think that was a really smart move by DJ, like just to take a little bit of pressure off the group, particularly when he did, um, as far as, you know, the team just kind of coming out of a skid and they get a couple of nice wins. DJ comes out, makes a couple comments. I, I, I don't mind that, really. I don't, especially in a, in a season like this one where we all know what they are. Um, and then, of course, you know, the word is that Brady kind of came and spoke up uh, after that Vancouver loss yep. with the group, they had a, like a little, you know, uh, get together, if you will, um, a post-game chat that usually can spark a team as well. And then the, the, the biggest thing for me is your goaltending. I mean, right now um, with Forsberg and the way he's been playing, which I know we're going to get to that, but uh, you know, all of that kind of coming together at the right time. Yeah. And, and, and really the timing to me, Wally is the biggest thing. Like this is to, to, to start stringing together wins now, particularly against these teams, um, just with the fan interest, I mean, you're going to get it around Christmas time. You're heading towards that halfway mark in the season. It just keeps everybody engaged. So I, I couldn't be happier for the group. Again, did not expect that. But uh, if they can continue to string together the odd win here and there against some really good notable teams, um, it's going to keep a lot of people interested going into the uh, into the spring. And I will say, even during almost the losing streak, minus a couple of games of Vancouver for sure, they weren't playing. They, they play an exciting brand of hockey, right? They're up on the ice. They're, they're young. They're energetic. You see they don't quit. I, I do enjoy watching it. So the wins yeah. and losses doesn't always necessarily mean a whole lot to me. It's You want just to be a, a quality product. Competitive, 100%. Yeah. So tonight is their 26th game. No, 27th game, I think it is. Uh, compare this to last year. How many more wins do the Ottawa Senators, <clears throat> excuse me, have compared to last year at this time? Oh, I have no idea. I know. Are they, I, I, I feel like they're roughly around the same point. Like, I, I, I don't know that their record's a lot different. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm assuming you're asking me a trivia question right now. And yeah, if that yeah. is in fact, the I'll case, send you a prize. I feel from like, Bonesaw. I feel, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the numbers are very similar. They Am are. I wrong? 
Yeah, no, no. Uh, one win difference. So there you go. Yeah. For all this big run that they're on right now, they're basically the same team they were last year. So I, I'm not yeah, sure but that, it means anything. I just want to point out, like, maybe the jump hasn't been so significant. Well, yes and no. I they went through the, the, there was a there that we they just got past that was very significant where the sky was falling. And was falling you know, as far year. as everybody was I know, but it was different. They weren't at the same point as far as their rebuild goes, right? And that's yeah. and that is a fair excuse. Like, that's you know, true. you look at last season. They weren't, they weren't finished. And I still don't think they're finished, but, but, and we talk about this every time we do our show where we want to see constant progression, right? We don't want to see them take a step back, but we look early on at some of their losses. And I'm talking about this season. They didn't always have goaltending Wally. Like there were some games where the team was very competitive and whether it was always either their defensive structure and, or um, letting in a couple soft goals that was just kind of deflating for the group. Right. Well, now all of a sudden, they're getting very solid and consistent goaltending. And lo and behold, they're winning some games. I, I stress this every time. Everyone's always looking for the formula. What's the reason? Of course, their PK is doing well, and they're getting some good opportunistic power play goals now. But the biggest thing, the common denominator all the time when it comes to these wins is goaltending. It's your most important position. It's your, mo you know, it's your most important player on the team. I think that if Forsberg can keep this up, you're going to have an opportunity to win every night, no matter who you're playing against. Okay, I'm going to get to Forsberg right now, but I just want to point out it's the first time on our show that Mark Mathot has not credited a defenseman for the turnaround of the Ottawa Senators. I just want to bring that up. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Fair. You know, Wally, I'm and kidding. I should – no, no, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because they are – they have been playing much better in their own zone. They're like, there's no question. And yeah. even against even against Tampa, like I'm thinking the last home game was, I believe, Tampa. Um, was it Tampa, Wally? Yeah. Yes. The Saturday they, game. Yeah. And then they so, went to Florida yeah. and then they, and then they went to Florida. Yeah. So, you know, I watched that game and, and I, you know, the start was a little off. They didn't look great, but then they had a couple of days off. Obviously there was a little lull, but then in the second period, they looked like a completely different team when they came out. So mm -hmm. uh, a couple of things are going on there, but one of the biggest ones is they just seemed to play with pace there. Like they were very tentative at the beginning. They weren't really establishing a forecheck. They weren't establishing their cycle, which is what they're very good at doing. And that's what creates them a lot of opportunities. They were getting their zone exits in that second period. And all of a sudden, you're not just working your tail off in your D zone, finally getting it into the neutral zone and having to dump it and then change where you're giving the other team a completely controlled breakout. So when you can take it out of your zone right away, you're efficient. You can spend more time and energy in the in that offensive zone, wear down their D. That's basic 101 when it comes to wearing down your opponent, right? So they're starting to do that now. And that's because you're getting much cleaner breakouts and exits and better goaltending. Yeah, uh, I, just a couple of notes to show you why maybe the last five or six games have been victorious. Uh, 26 goals for, 16 goals against. Their power plays at 30%, six for 20, and their penalty kill has been outstanding. Uh, basically 90%, two for 19, they've allowed uh, power yep. play goals. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, this may be one of my favorite titles of all time. Uh, you're going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> may the Forsberg be with you. Um, <laughs> so Anton Forsberg. Like <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, you, can, you can't help yourself. You just you do this every time. <laughs> I, I just, I, just I cringe. I know, that's the best part. I, I don't want them <laughs> to be nice and good and like Anton, I, know. I don't know, something. Anyway. Is he for real right. for a guy they claimed off waivers basically two years ago? Can he get the job done? Yeah. Well, I mean, what a pleasant surprise. Let's just say that. I mean, it was a very low risk pickup uh, and it was cheap and he's yeah. turning out to be a fantastic goalie so far, but 
as you just mentioned, very small sample size. And we've been doing this now. I, I guess I'm a little apprehensive now when it comes to the goaltending situation in Ottawa and, and, and fawning over any particular flavor of the week or month because it's been a bit of a revolving door between Gustafson, Murray, and, and Forsberg, of course. So he's been great lately. Anton Forsberg's been terrific. You got to give him his props there. Yep. However, I like you said, Wally, I'd like to see a little bit more. But what I am seeing is a goalie that looks very confident. He's very calm. And it's not like he's having to do – I don't think any of this recent success has anything to do with luck. I think that he truly has earned those wins. He's had some huge performances. We're not talking about, you know – 20 to 25 save nights where the team's hanging on a dear life and he's getting a little fortunate. I mean, he's strung together a couple 40 plus save nights. He's earned that right now. I just want to see a little more before I jump onto the, the wagon here on the train, the Forsberg train. And, and I mean, I know he's, what is he? He's, he's almost 30. My last point, a yeah. lot of goalies usually take time to develop, right? Like you're not typically in your prime until your mid to late twenties for goaltenders. At least that's from what I've seen over the years. And He's right there. So maybe this was his opportunity and he's seizing it. But like I said, and like you mentioned, Wally, we need to see a little bit more consistency before we start hopping on that wagon. Okay, so here, and this may not even be a dilemma for Pierre Dorian. If he puts together, I don't know, 15 wins or whatever it is, and you can tell he's the number one guy on the team this year. He's a UFA at the end of the season. What do you do? You've almost basically said to Philip oh. Gustafson, who I think is on a one-way next year, uh, you're our backup. Matt Murray's the guy in the net. If they like, I don't see them buying out Matt Murray. I just, I don't know, but I just don't see it. Maybe they can make a trade and they facilitate him getting, uh, eating up. He'll have to eat up half his contract or something. But if, if Matt Murray is still here and Philip Gustafson's still here, where's Anton Forsberg? Oh, that's, that's the million dollar question. And that's, putting the team in a really difficult spot right now, right? Because they haven't had a lot of success with some of their free agent signings as we mm -hmm. all, as we've been discussing now for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and it hasn't gone particularly well for the group. We've seen a lot of players come and go very quickly with some pretty good contracts being thrown around. Yeah. So I feel like the team's going to be a little, you know, a little cautious with this one, but how do you argue with his numbers? That's that's what we're gonna. That's well, what it gets down to. But you're a good point. But you're a good point, Wally. Right? In 15 games, if he strings together another 15 games where he's playing very well, I mean, does the team not have a choice in that case but to sign him? And then it comes down to numbers. So what are you comfortable with? Right? I mean, you're gonna have three goalies on one ways. You're gonna have to move one, I'm sure. And and I don't know that you can move Matt Murray. So what do you do? Do you buy him out? Is the team willing to do that? These are all management questions, and I'm such a I'm a dummy when it comes to the numbers <laughs> and, 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 and the general manager moves. I'm not like, I'm any better than anybody else when it comes to making those decisions. But I do agree with you, Wally. Like that's a, that puts the team in a really tough spot. It's a good problem to have, but sure. the pressure's on. Cause all of a sudden you're going into next year and you got three guys and you got to pick two of them. And who are you going to go with? It's just, and it's, it's interesting because what if he is just the flash in the pan for lack of better term. And we see, like, I know, I know. Andrew Hammond had the great run, but was never able to replicate that. Mike Condon, I think, was more of an injury base, but he was never able to replicate the way that he came over yeah. after the trade from Pittsburgh. I, that's all. I'm just thinking in the back of my head, you get on these runs and you necessarily can't sustain it and you get a big deal. And now the franchise is tied to three goalies trying to figure out what to do with them. And they end up basically giving one of the way by the end of it. Right. Um, all right. Yeah. So something we talk about every show, because it seems to be a very easy thing to discuss. 
the Josh Norris line. So let's just put this out there. So Drake Batherson is on a six-game point streak, 12 points, two goals, 10 assists. Uh, just had his second career four-point game this season. Um, I got to double-check. He's like He's got 28 points on the season. I meant to look this up. I totally forgot to do my job. Uh, but pretty high up in point totals this season. <laughs> uh, Norris, last eight games, he's got 10 points, 51% in face-offs. Uh, he's scored mm-hmm. goals in three straight games where he's got four. Brady Kachuk, 8-3-11 uh, and 11 in his last seven games. He's not gone more than two games without a point. And we've talked about him coming back, right, and not having any training camp and being super consistent. Uh, three power play goals in his last two games. Combined, the three of them have 35 goals this season. That accounts yeah. for... 47.3% of the team's goals. That's an astonishing number. And while it's very good, it also leads to the, they need better production from other, from other places, but it just, they, they've been so good math. It's just fun to watch them play with the puck. Yeah. And, and what a treat. I think this team is incredibly fortunate. Like what a great job drafting. First of all, you've got three guys all playing together that have seemingly had instant chemistry. And that's something that, takes time to develop and they're really fast tracking that along well. And, and that's something that I think the team has is a huge strength that we, I know we've talked about this already plenty, but you finally have a legitimate number one line. Like it's, it's a legit number one line. So let's break it up. Once, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And that's what people are going to discuss. And it's going to be very tempting to do that. Um, you know, for that instant remedy, as far as secondary scoring goes, I'm touch it. I wouldn't do it. I, you know what, you're, you've got a good thing going right now and you have to understand what your expectation level is for the year. And, and, and I'm not going to go there. I've already talked about that a lot as well, but I think with the, with the trio that you have right now, you just leave them together. Don't mess with a good thing. You want these guys to be a force to be reckoned with over the next couple seasons for the next five years, potentially, whatever it may be, leave them together, let them continue to develop together um, cause this is such a, this is such a nice welcoming problem to have with the Ottawa senators. Right. And, and it can be remedied. You can remedy that secondary scoring with a couple acquisitions. You got to do your homework. They've got pro scouts that go around the NHL, watch games every night, figure out, figure out somebody that you can bring in to bolster that second line. Assuming you want to keep Stutzler there as a second line center. And that's in that two hole. Maybe you leave Connor Brown there, bring in another guy to play that left side, assuming Formington perhaps shouldn't belong on that line. Maybe he does. Yeah. But if you can go after another top six winger, bring him in in the offseason, which I know I'm stating the obvious, that may be the issue and 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 and, and the problem-solving thing to do right now. And, and again, there's no rush. It doesn't need to happen at trade deadline. You can wait until free agency, do your homework, make sure that you, you find the right guy that you know has still got some mileage on him. Don't go after a player who's on his, you know, who's trend downward, who's maybe in his thirties or late twenties, you know, you're going to have to spend a little bit. You go after a good young player that, you know, could has plenty of miles ahead of him. Be okay. I, uh, I did let you down because I could, people have been talking about finding a name for this line and I haven't been able to come up with a catchy one. So the only thing I could think Shocker. of, and, and I think that you may just leave uh, the show if I come up with this, but here's what I got. Okay. Ready? <laughs> The Gordy Howe line. So you, <laughs> I, I, I can just tell by the reaction in your face. You've got uh, a guy who scores goals, Josh Norris, a guy that uh, sets up goals, Drake Bowser, and a guy who fights. It's the Gordy Howe hat trick line. You're welcome. And Josh Norris wears nine. So, okay. There. Okay. Thanks. 
I'll, we'll just move on, shall we? Just so- <laughs> stop. Yeah, let's move on. All right. I had a little eggnog before. So um, people have talked about, <laughs> is this the best line since Alfredson, Spezza, and Heatley? So I went back and looked at the Alfredson, Spezza, Heatley line's best year, which was 0506, where they averaged the most points per game. Not necessarily their most points per everybody, but anyway, this was their best line. Um, so Alfredson is at uh, 134. So one... Uh, 1.34 points per game. Spets is 1.32. Heatley's 1.26. They all, uh, two of them had 103 points. That's uh, Heatley and Alfredson. So Batherson, Kachuk, Norris, they are averaging like Batherson's 1.33. Kachuk is 0.96 and Norris is 0.85. Before we crown them like the best line ever, there is a huge discrepancy where we're talking about. Oh, yeah two-time 50 goal scorer and guy called her trophy winner and guys who have <laughs> recorded a hundred points. I do like the line. I think it's fun to watch, yeah. but I think putting it in perspective of that, how dominant that Alfredson Spezza Heatley line was uh, just brings it to a whole new level. Yeah. Those numbers are stupid. Good. Yeah. Like I, I didn't realize it's funny, Brad, like I've got them in front of me. You sent me that email. I didn't realize that they were running that high. So to me, I mean, that Alfie Spez Healy line would have been a complete nightmare to play against. I can yeah. only imagine, especially, you know, in the prime. Um, and it puts it just puts into perspective how great a team they had at that time, right? It's such a shame they couldn't figure it out. But um, yeah, no, you can't make a comparison yet. I, I it's a good it's a great discussion to have, and it's it's neat that we can even kind of have them in the same conversation, yeah, uh, because that's how good the Batherson, Kachuk, and Norris line have been for the Ottawa Senators. Obviously not on that level, but um, this is something to watch. And, and this is what I touched on earlier when I say we need to keep the, you need to keep these guys together to let them grow. They're only going to get more and more dominant as they go. And another good benchmark or um, kind of standard that you can compare them to, like the Bergeron line with, with Marshawn, obviously over the years, Krejci kind of was interchanged through that line. But you allow guys to grow up together like that and the same applies on the back end on defense everything becomes automatic when I used to go get pucks in the corner and I was playing with Eric particularly in our second third seasons together uh and 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 beyond that everything was automatic I knew where Eric was going to be every time I went to the corner to try to win a loose puck battle and it almost and I say this all the time it's like I had two low centers to choose from and um and Eric I I knew his voice obviously I knew where he was going to be in the, on the offensive blue line, and his positioning was going to be the same applies for your forwards. And you're seeing it now when that Batherson line is running the cycle. That to me is the biggest indicator. Forget about their defensive game, which is surprisingly and very undercover good. Offensively in the ozone, when they're running their little cycles, you can see where Brady kind of will sag out into that little soft spot by the dot for a little one timer. And Norris finds a spot a lot on the power play as well. But they're, they just know where each other are at all yep. times. And that's what makes them so, so, so everything's sped up, right? You're not having to think that extra, that extra, like one or two split second of having to think and take a look. Now that's eliminated. You're cutting through all that and you're able to find them right away. So that's an issue. That's a, a huge bonus that this team has with them. And, and I know I'm, I'm pumping their tires like crazy this morning. I feel like that's all we ever do, but it's been deserved. Like they've been terrific. Yeah. And, and going back to the, the Alfie line, like, it was, I don't know if we appreciated maybe enough of how dominant it was at the time. We're like, yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. But when you look back, like you could see that they figured out plays two steps ahead of everybody else. But the one thing I always saw was uh, uh, Spezza was always going to feed the puck through the crease to Danny Heatley and everybody knew it was coming. 
and it still <laughs> finds a stick and it still yeah. goes in. And that's the stuff. I'm like, why are you guys trying? So I remember asking like the other team, like, you know, it's coming. He's like, we can't stop it because you got Alfredson writing there waiting no. to do a one-timer. Like they just make plays that nobody else can make. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And a great example to your point, Wally, would be when I would play against, uh, when we would play against Tampa and Kucherov still does it. Mind you, he's been hurt now for a couple of years, but we always knew where he was going to be for his little one-time spot on their power play, which would be on my side. It would have been on the left side of the, like our left side of the ice. And it's his little office, same with Ovechkin. You know where he's going to be standing all the time. But because the puck gets moved around so much, and these guys have such great chemistry that you have to adjust. You can't just have a guy standing there the whole time, right? So eventually the puck finds its way across. And it's, as you mentioned, with with uh, with Heater, how he was always there in that same spot on that <laughs> insane angle that he would hit. And it was like clockwork. They'd find it. And and you got to be able to bury it, right? It's one thing to talk about yes. it and be like, well, it was such a great setup play every time. But to be able to put it away every time the way he did is very impressive. Like 50 goal scorers in the National Hockey League? Uh, I'll use your term. Oh. They're like unicorns now, right? They just they just don't come along anymore. <laughs> um, That's okay. right. That's right. You should, we'll trademark that. Whenever we say unicorn, there should be like a little ding or a trademark in the show from now on. We'll have to let Craig well, figure that out. People have already <laughs> stolen that line. We've already had this discussion, Wally, and I'm not impressed, but that's okay. I'm glad I can. I'm a, I'm a pioneer with that term. I, you are you you are very pioneerish, like very country rednecky. I will I will say that. <laughs> I see you as hey, a tent guy. Let's let's move this along. Let's. Move, I don't want to. I'm not in the mood to get chirp right now. Okay. Okay. I'm leader sensitive. of the pack. I've got a cold. Right. Sorry. It's the holidays. My bad. Um, leader <laughs> of the pack. Brought to you by Gong Show. Go to GongShowGear.ca. Uh, order up some Wally Mathot merch if you want, or just uh, get the rest of your holiday shopping done at GongShowGear.ca. Okay. Thomas Shabbat Meth. We haven't mentioned a defenseman yet, so here we go. Uh, last five games, he's got eight points. Uh, he still leads the league at ice time at 26-54, but interesting, the last two games, because they've been so lopsided, where they've outscored the Florida teams 12-2, he's played 20-23 and 20-56. And by the way, he is a plus six. How much is that rest going to be a benefit for Thomas Shabbat? It's, it's been well overdue for him to get some you know, reduction in ice time, and now uh, we're starting to see it as they win more games. Oh, yeah, I think it's crucial. And I don't want to lean on that too much, because I would say that the rest is huge if the team is yeah. making a legitimate push for it, which, I mean, you know, you can never write off anybody, and I feel bad sure. even mentioning that. But but um, I'm sure he's welcoming it. I think for Thomas Shabbat right now, the biggest thing is he just needs to get that goal. I think get, get that monkey off his back where yeah. I know he's saying all the right things, and, and, and he's an elite player, so there's no criticism in his game. I think he's been terrific. I really like the way he's been playing in the D zone too. I mean, he's not just one dimensional. He's been very good defensively too. And, and I mean, to play those minutes, have such a well-rounded game is, 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 is huge. So yeah. you mentioned the, the, you mentioned the um, <clears throat> playing less minutes that, that that's to me, uh, I, I know I'm repeating myself to me. That's so important because it just kind of freshens up his game again, where all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't feel like he's having to take on a lion's share of that ice time. You can spread it out properly. You're going into the Christmas break. He'll have a couple of days there. Then you have, I know, I don't know what's going to be happening with the Olympics. That's a whole different talking point. But when we're talking about Thomas Shabbat's game, that's where he belongs. He belongs around 25 minutes. Let's be honest. Anything above 27, 28 is ridiculous. I know he can handle it, but you can right. see it affect his game. And it's, it's the little things when you're jumping up into the play, and you're already into the third period and perhaps you've already played 25 minutes at this point, 
what do you think that's going to do to your legs? I mean, you're going to lose a step uh, mentally that fatigue sets in. You're not going to be as sharp. So you're going to get a much better player. And I know we're talking two to three minute difference here, but if you're, if you can set them in around 25, you're going to get an elite player for sure every night. And I think that's where they want to have them. Unfortunately, over the last year and a half, they haven't had that flexibility because there hasn't been enough depth on that backside. But when all the defense are playing much better as they have been lately, you're getting better goaltending. The team can afford to sit him back a little bit. He also mentioned in an interview, and they, they mentioned his ice, ice time to him last game, where I think I believe his response was pretty simple. It was sort of along the lines of, well, situation out there on the ice right now isn't allowing me to play as much because of all the penalties and the PKs and all that stuff. So that might be a contributor to playing less minutes. I don't think that it's something the coaches have actively tried to do, but it's been a blessing in disguise because he's playing better hockey for it. I think six minutes is significant based on they're pretty average. Like there hasn't been 19 different penalties in the last two games. I just say that's true. He, so Thomas Shabbat has always found a way to get around and dance that question. He's either said, I don't mind it. I, I agree. play as much as I can. Well, he doesn't uh, want to throw his coaches under the exactly. bus, right? So like, I, that's I another have, thing. Yeah. I put zero into his point of saying, well, there's been a lot of penalties. That's just nonsense. So here's my last I question on, Tom, on Thomas Shabbat. And that is we in Ottawa who watch him all the time think that he deserves to be on the Olympic team. And, and there's a lot of other people to do too, but we're slightly biased, obviously. But my point <sighs> to you, Matt, yeah. is a guy who's played 600 games in the National Hockey League. What does Thomas Shabbat do that makes him among the top six best D men in Canada, if you will. Like, can you, is there something that he does that you notice? It's like, that's super elite for anybody. Yeah. Wow. That's a tough question. You know, it's funny. I've never really looked at it that way. You're stumping me here, Wally. I think, I think with Thomas Shabbat, um, it's just his ability to kind of control the flow of the game, right? Like, like when I'm watching Shabby play on his game, when he's on it, um, he's able to, he's really good on transition. So he can create a turnover on a one-on-one. I believe I saw him do that once against Tampa. Well, he does it all the time, but one particular play where I think they were in the third period and he was defending a rush and there was a bit of a foot race. He was able to not only knock the puck free, but yes. put it in a soft spot where he could retrieve it himself, then created a breakout. Right. And I don't, he's not, I don't know that he's elite, power play guy or a lead in any specific area. He's just really good all over the ice and he's yeah. not super physical, but he doesn't need to be because he's a very good skater. He's a, he's a, that's one thing I'll give him. Actually, he's an elite skater. He's very yeah. smooth. Um, I don't know that he's ultra dynamic like Eric Carlson was where he can just kind of turn it onto a dime like that. And he's gone. Um, he's a little more flow, uh, maybe less, maybe less like he's not, not, not quite as fast on those first couple steps as a guy like Eric. Um, but again, more well-rounded. And I think right now with the way he's been playing, it comes down, I think the knock on him will be the offensive stuff, right? Not getting any goals. Cause you mentioned team Canada, that's, that's going to be a thing. Um, but then again, you can make an argument that if you're playing for Canada, they don't uh, need him to score having, one goal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that yeah. you just need, you just need to have the ability out of your decor to get your forwards, the puck. Yeah. And he's get excellent at doing that. So yeah. He plays in a he plays in a smaller market. You know who do you compare him to? Is he better than Morgan Riley? You know, like those are those are conversations that you know you're going to lean one way or the other depending where you're living in Ontario, right? Yeah, so, I was going to say you you uh, can't compare a Leaf to a Senator. You're going to blow up our show. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I I and 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 I want to be honest. You know, yeah. I I'm I'm in indi- I'm indifferent there. Like really, I could lean on Thomas Shabbat right now because he's an Ottawa Senator and I'm just a huge sure. fan of his. 
but I don't know, man, like that's, that's, it's such a hard decision to make. I mean, if you're running that team right now and you're trying to pick players to fill those back, that back end, I think, boy, like where does Shabbat fit in there? He, he can fit in there anywhere, but yeah. then you have a bunch of other elite all-stars to pick from. So I think the knock on Shabbat right now will be the numbers. And that's an out that the team, the team Canada can use to justify not putting him in the lineup. But I, I do think he belongs. I, I really do. One of the things I do they pay attention to is uh, how they've represented Canada in the past. Of how, did they answer the call to the World Championships? Right, you know this. Correct. Did they play World Juniors. Have they been in the program? Plays a huge part. I don't. Yes. I'm not sure that there's any way that Thomas Shabbat's not on that team. I get it. I'm in Ottawa watching him all the time. I just think the way he plays consistently well, night and night out, he becomes that guy. Yeah, and and look, Dowdy, like Dowdy, Dowdy's a good example of the point you just made. Right, he's been elite. Uh, uh, on the international level for team Canada, like everywhere. So yep. they give him the benefit, you know, like he's a great player. I'm not saying he's not right now, but those are like, you could make an argument. There are other defensemen that are playing better than him right now, but because of his history with team Canada and the ability that he has to elevate his game, that that's a huge thing. And it, it doesn't really get talked about enough, right? Like no. your prior history with team Canada is a huge indicator, whether you're going to be on that team or not. So I, that's another good point. And shabby has been really good on the international stage too. You know, and the last thing before we move on to Yarko Rutu, the thing that always makes me laugh is we talk about these teams, Team USA, Team Canada, and then we discuss them like they're just building a regular team. Like, he's not good enough to be on that team. And then we're talking about elite <laughs> hockey players in the National Hockey I know. There's no way he should be on that. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's a three-time Stanley Cup yeah. champion or whatever, right? That always makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, maybe, I feel dirty. I, I, I know. Feel, I feel dirty when I'm like chirping a really good player, yeah. but but we're not chirping them. We're just comparing to other great players, and it's, you have to narrow down a list. So yeah. it's all good. It's the first time probably any of them have heard anything like that about themselves trying to make a hockey team, right? Because they've always had this great success. <laughs> now they're getting true. anyway. It's so true. It is fun yeah. to watch. Um, yeah. all right, coming up. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we got Yarko Rutu, uh, Ottawa's longtime Ottawa senator, who's just a lot of fun to be around. Uh, one of my favorite guys to talk to in the locker room. That is brought to you by Whitewater Brewery, uh, shop whitewater.ca. Use the Wally Matha coupon code. Uh, they've got a couple of things to look at. If you listen, I know it's been a busy holiday season, so why not get something for yourself? Pick up like a mix six, if you will. It's a six pack. You pick the beers, 18 bucks. They're all 473 milliliter cans. That's tall boys. Or the four by four by four, it's a 12 pack, 36 bucks. Listen. Just get something for yourself, finally. Uh, great beers, brewed by friends, for friends. Go to shopwhitewater.ca. And uh, remember to please drink responsibly there. I want to wish you the best this holiday season. Uh, Pearls of Wisdom, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Here's our, the pearls on our good friend, Yarko Rutu. 12, the career high number in goals. He set that for a season. It was a member of the Ottawa Senators back in 09-10. Four, NHL teams played for Vancouver, Pittsburgh, Ottawa, Anaheim. Five, that's the number of games he's been suspended for in his NHL career, including two for a little biting incident we'll get into, and two Olympic medals, along with some other world championship medals as well. He's got a silver from 06 and a bronze in 2010. In the Whitewater chat now, let's be joined with our good friend, Yarko Rutu. Welcome back to the Wally Mathot Show. And now presented by Whitewater Beer. It's the chat. We bring in our good friend and former Ottawa Senator, Yarko Rutu, all the way from Helsinki, Finland. You are now the furthest guest we've ever interviewed on the show. Uh, congratulations, I think. That's exotic. Thank you. <laughs> How are you, that, thanks sir? Thanks for pumping my tires. 
Oh, I got lots of I got lots of things to pump your tires about. We'll get to that in a sec. I just, how are you doing? Oh, uh, good, good. Uh, just living life uh, uh, in Helsinki and, and working for Columbus player development coach. Two small kids, so that's that's handful to handle. Do you like being a coach? Yeah, uh, it's it's you know the playing is the best part. Nothing's as as good as as yeah. playing, but right it's right after that it's it's great way to stay involved and be involved with the guys and help them to reach their goal and and, and dream now Roots, how old are your uh, how old are your kids i'm just uh, curious uh, five and eight so oh, okay they're so a little they're better than they used to be but yeah but it's busy <laughs> nice nice would you ever go behind the bench and be a coach in the nhl oh well, that would be a long 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 on journey to get that far. Um, I haven't thought about it too far. Not, not as of right now, uh, but who, know, who knows what happens in life. Uh, but I think it's, it's something that you really have to work for hard and, and not in my mind right now. Fair enough. Um, I got lots of questions for you. I, one of the ones I want to start with, you'll probably be upset with me, is uh, recently Brady Kachuk was bit by Brendan Lemieux. Uh, Lemieux got five games. I think you know where I'm going with this. You were the last player to be suspended in the National Hockey League for biting uh, two games on Andrew Peters <laughs> when you were a member of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, what, do you, what do you remember about that incident? And I remember you just saying, if he doesn't want to get bit, he shouldn't put his hands in my mouth. Yeah, actually, those, those were expensive buffalo fingers. Uh <laughs> Yeah, well, what, what happened at the time, like, there was some kind of scrum, and uh, I can't remember if I was bent over the bench, and, and, and you know, then I got fist hooked, and I was pretty reactive at the time, but who knows, you know, at least it's a good story. You know, so so did, did he put his finger in your mouth? Is that how yeah, it happened? Yeah, he was actually pulling my, like, out of the, uh, yeah, yeah. fist hooking, so I was like, I, my hands were tied, so what did I have left? Nothing, let's try to, <laughs> try to survive somehow. Yeah, that's fair part. game. I agree. So uh, during your, like, what did they say to you during your hearing? What was that like? Uh, it's so long time ago. That it's, <laughs> I don't even remember. They probably asked me, did I fight him? I probably told this exact same story. And it was like, did I only get two games? Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You got a better, better memory or you, you Googled it. <laughs> no, I Googled it. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah. I, I figured, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it wasn't you, that big of a deal I've, I've done it all i've done it all so well don't worry we're getting That's to all that yeah <laughs> like you played part of the resume I, well so in the resume i'm not sure people understand exactly what you were like you were a very good hockey player but you were an extremely very good agitator which i think you liked or relished would you like was that a role that you embraced if you will yeah, I, mean, I had to find a way to kind of, I don't know, survive or, or make myself somehow, uh, you know, relevant in the game. I wasn't good enough scoring. Uh, I was good defensively. I wasn't, you know, I, I tried to bring in something that, you know, a lot of other guys didn't have in their toolbox. And, and so it kind of formed along the way. And, and you, know, you know, I guess probably most of the people just remember that part and, you know, I, I, I'm glad to, you know, take it. You know, at least I left some kind of memory for people. Well, if I'm not mistaken, you scored two goals in the series with Pittsburgh that eliminated Ottawa, I think including the series clincher. So 
you did score some goals. Not everybody is happy with some of them, of course, especially here in Ottawa. But yeah, you did have some big goals along the way. Some couple lucky bounces. <laughs> Brian Lee, I think he still remembers that. I kept plugging <laughs> about him at that when we played together. Uh, Brian Lee, <laughs> a name that doesn't get mentioned very often. Um, you played, uh, as I said, with Matt Cook and against Sean Avery. Uh, there's apparently a story about you agitated Sean Avery so much that he lost his mind. I don't know how excessive that was. Do you remember this incident? Yeah, we had our, our battles. Uh, it was in LA, as in Vancouver, and then with the Rangers. And, and so we're kind of played against each other quite a bit. And he was going after our guys. And, and obviously, I was going after their guys. And then we had our, our chats you know, quite a few times. And, you know, there was no holding back. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I'm sure I've said it all. I can't remember that far, but I've said a lot, a lot of things in the game. Oh, not, not, sure. a lot, not a lot of things you can say anymore, but. No, it's <laughs> changed. Yeah, no, it's changed a lot. I, but like, did you relish playing in those games? Did you look forward to having him on the other side, or was it you're just like, I just would like to get away from this guy? Well, I loved it. I, uh, the more attention I got, the better. You know, it, it, the more attention you got from other players or star players or anybody you know, trying to chase you uh, down the ice or try to get back at you, focusing on on me instead of the puck. I loved it. You know, that's that's you know. I only got more lit up on it. Uh, did you study other people's backgrounds or whatnot? Like people study, goaltenders study how players shoot. But I know as an agitator, you want to know outside the game of what these people were like. Yeah, I, I tried to study as, as much as possible, you know, hearing stories you know, from teammates from, or whoever. And, you know, obviously then you follow what happens in the game. You kind of feel how they're doing and doing their career. Um, in you know maybe during the season they might be frustrated not scoring you know just used everything um against it and you know if you got some kind of reaction from them i, I think things were going my way um there was a lot of incidents too that things weren't you know some guys didn't pay any attention they just ignored me and i just quit wasting my time because it wasn't going anywhere and, but it, it's it's almost like it's it's hard to draw the line because you're always playing in the edge and, and you know kind of borderline with a lot of different things. Uh, sometimes it went over, you know, uh, I heard my team, but by taking a penalty, sometimes it worked for the team. So it, it's not a simple task, but, you know, at least there's some stories left. You So when you leave a team and come back, you obviously know you play with Sidney Crosby and Malkin and all those guys in Pittsburgh. Then you come to Ottawa. When you went back to Pittsburgh, did you ever say anything or do anything? Did you try to get under Sidney's skin? Would he allow that to happen? Uh, I don't think that said much. Just said uh, he knew my game. I before I played before uh, Pittsburgh. I played against him uh, a couple of times, and, and but obviously I I knew that I tried to you know do other stuff. You know, just hold him down and kind of frustrate him by doing some extra extra uh, steering. Not even verbally, just more uh, physically and kind of holding down and you know trying to do the little tricks. And you know somehow you know I don't know how much affected him. Um, He's very passionate the way he plays and, and you know, plays with emotion. Sometimes I'm sure he, he was mad at me, but I don't think he really shows it that much. Would Yarko Rutu hate to play against Yarko Rutu? Uh, I don't, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, and, you know, it's hard to say about myself, but I asked my wife. She would probably say that, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're so irritating yeah, at times. And, I don't know how, how somebody's with you. Uh, we're so long time. 
<laughs> Which former teammates are you still really good friends with? Uh, that's a tough question. Uh, I, I don't talk uh, uh, that much to the guys in North America. Well, Steve, Steve Korea is probably one of the, the guys that are actually staying in contact a lot. But at, at the same time, you know, it's they're still working in the league and, you know, bumping into these guys. And, you know, some guys are scouting, some guys are in other roles. So it's not a everyday thing. You just, you know, it's one of those things. Once you get to know the teammates you've played with, I think it, it's a it's a bond forever. You, you, regardless if you see him in 10 or 20 years, you still kind of get a certain feeling of the guy and, and you know who he is. You played 201 games for the Ottawa Senators, uh, 21 goals, 57 points, 324 pins uh, over three seasons. What do you remember most about playing for Ottawa? Uh, Century Club, uh, which which we call our line. And it was at uh, Dean McCammond was actually in it, me and, and uh, Sean Donovan. Then uh, I guess it's kind of some other guys, you know, you know Winchester and Chris, uh, Chris Neal and Ed Kelly. So we kind of said that the central line comes from you know, the guys is uh, their age together is over a hundred years. So we're kind of experienced guys. We called our ourselves <laughs> that. And, and I think the part the, the best part is probably the second year uh, I was there. I would say that, that was probably the best hockey I played with. Uh, I played in, in uh, during my career with, uh, with Kelly and, and uh, Neiler and sometimes just Donovan was in, in the line. I, I, we just had great chemistry, the way we played. And, and, and uh, that was a fun time. And well, obviously, you know, it didn't work the way we wanted it to you know, win, win the Stanley Cup. But I think it was, that was a great time. And I just, I really, really enjoyed the time in, in Vince, Ottawa. How was, how, was, how was Neiler at the time? When you were playing, I played with Neiler too. Was he still pranking guys off the ice and, and stirring up shit in the dressing room? Is that, was that oh, still his style oh, yeah, then? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, he he wasn't good taking at it either. Once once no. guys were trying to, to prank him, he was like he was was losing it. And, uh, just, yeah, I don't think they ever 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 changed. He's always the same same way. And, yeah, he could he could dish it out, but he couldn't take it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's usually a good thing for other guys to just stir the pot. Yeah, agreed. Mix nice. it up, you know. Pretend somebody yeah. else, and you. Stay out of the scrum and blame somebody else, and then they go each other against each other. You're actually the one that's doing all the all the pranks. <laughs> I sent Neiler a text like, "Hey, I have Yarko Rutu coming on the show. You got any stories?" And nothing. Didn't reply once to me. Uh, I'm Maybe not he sure just doesn't he's like mad you, at me. <laughs> oh, is he mad at you, Roots? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think he is. Did he? Did he pray? He just you? didn't want to answer you about Wally. That's a, it's a very valid uh, response to that. Uh, did he ever prank you, or would the two of you just avoid each other? I don't think there was a prank. I don't think he really pranked me. I could have been. I don't remember. I, there were so many <laughs> pranks going on right and left, so I kind of forget him. At the time, uh, you're just so mad. It's like, who's, who's getting me? And you're trying to figure it out, and then you kind of forget him pretty quick after. Yeah. You had, like, there was a, when you came to the team, There's a it's a couple of chaotic seasons. Craig Hartsburg comes in. He gets fired. Corey Cluston comes in. Uh, he lasts, I think, for the two years you were there. But it just seemed to be always in a state of flux. Uh, what was, I guess, Craig Hartsburg like? I, I guess, what's the beginning of that like when uh, when he's there and it just doesn't seem to be working out? I, I really like Hartsy. Um, I, I really liked how he, uh, 
how we treated players. Uh, it was a great, great guy. Um, I think we had a good chemistry. I think he trusted me. Um, um, and, you know, gave me a really good opportunity. But obviously, I'm fortunate in the hockey business. You know, if you don't win games, you get fired. And, and I think that's that's just went wrong for him. And then obviously, then Corey came in. And I think we had a really good second year. Um, things were going our way, and then and that kind of wore out after during the third year, and then and obviously kind of got traded, and you know at the deadline. So uh, there was an highs and lows, but you yeah. know it's just something you can't control uh, later on. Did you see that it was originally the first rebuild that Otto's ever really done uh, on February the tenth? Mike Fisher gets traded on the fifteenth. It's Chris Kelly, and then on the seventeenth, it's you. Like in a very short period of time people started getting moved out really quick. Did you see that coming at all? Was there any shock when Fish got traded? Uh, um, I mean, There's some talks about, you know, guys getting traded. I knew I was going to get traded. It was it's a no-brainer in a lot of different ways. But uh, I think uh, Brian did a great job. You know, I'm sure he would have got a probably more for, for Fish and, you know, you know, talking to a lot of other teams. I just think he did a huge favor to Nashville just – you know, sending him him that way, and I, you know, I think that's huge respect goes to Ryan for that. And, and obviously, you know, that's the way Fish played for him, and you know what a warrior he was in Ottawa. And I think it's just deserved that you know, the way he got treated too. Uh, so you played with Spezza, Heatley, and Alfredson at the time, regarded one of the best lines in hockey. Uh, what do you remember about the three of them and how they played when you're watching on the bench? Hell of a player. Uh, just, you know, how Spets could twist the puck and create plays. And obviously, he, he, he could score. He, he, was, he was just the natural scorer. And, and, and I'll be an all-around player. Just put him, put him out there in any, any situation as the leader of the, of the organization. And, and very rarely, rarely you run into, you know, you have those type of players in your team. And, and, and obviously, you know, they were there for a long time and left a big mark. And, and you know, it's it's something that once you've had those guys for a while, you know, you're gonna you're gonna hurt because you're once you get you know they're getting older, you're not gonna be able to draft as high because they're such a good player. So that's that's what what happens in, in with every organization. But yeah, it was great great to see those guys playing in their prime. Do you watch any Sens games now? And just your brother uh, Tuomo is a scout for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, so I don't know how much you are invested in watching them, and you're with Columbus, obviously. But have you watched much this year? No, I've, I haven't watched any games. Actually, it's okay. Mikko, Mikko is working for it. So I'm always coaching in in, uh, in Florida. But uh, I haven't I haven't watched. And obviously, I, I follow him because Mikko is working working for them. So I just kind of always checking out the scores and see how things are rolling in there, and I have some some. Other interest too, obviously, uh, for the organization, but I haven't seen any games. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, which should Daniel Alfredson be in the Hall of Fame? Let's see, because you now you've played with Malkin and Crosby, some of the game's best players, uh, Solani, uh, the Sedin twins, uh, among just a few. Does Daniel Alfredson deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, to me, I, I think he does. Uh, he has he had a great career, and obviously, what he has done in Ottawa, but at the, the Swedish national level, he's he's done done well and then and it's it's obviously there's a ton of great great players in in, in uh that should should get into the hall of fame but the only few guys can get in but i think that uh Balfi should be one of them 
Uh, and people forget, like it's called the Hockey Hall of Fame and not the NHL Hall of Fame. I mean, his your, uh, international record is phenomenal. And so I, I, I just think that that alone should be able to get him in the Hall of Fame, regardless of all the NHL stuff. I don't know why uh, there seems to be a delay on that, but uh, I, I'm with you on him being in the Hall of Fame. Um, the, so do you remember, are you like, were you a prankster in the room? I just remember. Oh, so I'll go back. You were one of my favorite people in the room at the time. You would always be around joking, laughing. Uh, you would occasionally try to run and chase after me with some piece of hockey equipment or whatever. But did you play pranks on other teammates? Oh yeah. There's always something going on. And, you know, I can't remember exactly what I did, uh, well, for you, I actually chase you down, give you a naked hug, but you you weren't willing to get one, so <laughs> you run out of the room. I don't know why. Yeah, I was trying to leave out the detail. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, there's no secrets. Let's keep it that way. And nobody's going to listen to this anyway. But... <laughs> That's true. But, but yeah, actually, it's, it's... the one, one thing, uh, Frank, I remember, uh, Ty Conkling, he actually, he, uh, in, in, this was in Pittsburgh. He, uh, he put some tiger palm on, on my, you know, my helmet and on the forehead. And, and obviously, you know, it start, starts burning after a while when he's got start sweating. So yeah, I kind of waited for a little while, maybe a month or two. And then one day off, went to the rink and pulled his, uh, pull his, uh, uh, laundry back and the goalie helmets that, uh, the, the mask, they have like just some kind of sweatband on the forehead. So he always washed it. And so I, I made sure I soaked it in all, all that stuff and, and made sure it, it actually dried up when I made it smell that it, it wasn't, it was smelling just like a laundry detergent. But after, after a little <laughs> while, he was in the net for 10 minutes. He was screaming. He was like, Roach! his head was just burning. So just, you know, it's, it's it, you might get him back, not the next day, but just wait for maybe 10 years, you know, there's always a payback. That's the best. That's the best part about playing hockey that I think a lot of people don't appreciate, right? Like you can't do half the stuff that we do in the locker room in an office space or in a normal job, you'd get fired immediately. <laughs> so I love the amount of time that you put into just, it's intricate. The amount of time that you yeah. put into that little sweatband just to get him back. And you waited two months to do so. So that's, yeah, yeah. that gives the people a little, uh, a little insight as to how crazy things can get in the room. And it gets much worse than that. I, and you can confirm this story for me roots. Cause I think was, were you playing with Mesros at the time when Neeler was there yeah. too? Was, yeah. No, no, he wasn't. He was, he was gone already. He was already gone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cause I heard a story that, Mez chirped Kneeler, made a joke, or no, it wasn't, it wasn't Mezeros. Would it have been Campoli? Someone chirped Kneeler, yeah. and I think Kneeler chased him down in the room and, like, punched him out. I think it's have Campoli. you ever heard that story? Uh, was it, it was Campoli? Campoli? I don't – yeah, there was some kind – I don't think it punched him out, but there was something going on. I don't exactly I thought he, like, chased him thing. into the shower. Oh, yeah. He chased yeah, him yeah, into the shower saying, or something Yeah, it was in the like shower, that. actually. I remember. I think he was in the shower. It happened in the shower. They must have had their <laughs> stuff on, too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I was wondering if you were there for that, but I guess I guess you probably weren't in the shower at the time. Yeah, well, I would have soaked myself up and say I would be just wrestling then. <laughs> Do you, did people leave you alone for the most part because they thought that if if they pranked you, you would come back a whole lot worse? I don't think. I, well, I think it was pretty even. With you know, some guys are more polite than you know. Well. <laughs> behaving better than there are some guys that you know they're always in the middle of it uh, I, I think it's even i don't think it was me or somebody else i got it sometimes and 
somebody else got it you know, other times and it's always like you're trying to figure out who did it and that's that's probably the best part because everybody else knows it that's what i was going to ask you're you is, have you did you always find out who did it or is there anybody to this day you don't know i'm not sure i don't remember that far uh, it <laughs> seems like it's 100 years ago so yeah uh, <laughs> One thing you have to do is a uh, being in from Finland is serve a year in the Finnish Army, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, can you tell us about your tour of duty in the Finnish Army? Yeah, actually, I, I did it in two parts. It was like ninety six, ninety seven. So I started the uh, in the summer of '96, and, and you, know, you you have to sign in, and then you basically are stuck there for for a while, and you can only leave for till three till six after you know every 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 evening sometimes you get a training um, free free time for training but it's very strict that way uh so i i kind of got sick of it after three months and i asked for permission to leave for the season and then come back the next day so i did actually I, mine was i think it was nine months i did in the army and, and you know it was one it was just living in the woods and, and doing some I don't know. It's army training. It's shooting with the machine guns and, and you know learning the habits. And I don't I don't think it's physically that hard, but it's it's mentally hard because you can't control your life. You're basically told what they're what to do and, and when mm. to be where, and, and that's probably the, the hardest part of it. But you know, everybody's got to do it. So, didn't you get stationed at the airport? What? Yeah. So yeah, my like basically. So if there's a war, I, I'm I'm basically protecting the, uh, the the runways and the Helsinki airport. So so I don't think it's a very safe place. <laughs> yeah, there's, a... there's there's bunkers around it, and there's you know there's certain this type of like a, I don't know if it's a cannon or like you shoot shoot on the planes and then and I just it's like a huge machine gun. Yeah. You load it up and belt it the the bullets and that's. I don't know what it's called. We call them a Sergei because it's a Russian, Russian made a, made a, <laughs> made a gun. But anyway, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the best soldier. Let's put it this way. Would, I, would, I would be on the front lines, but I, I would probably not be the best one. Would Temu Solani be a good soldier? Yeah, I think actually, I think all the Finnish guys were, would be, they would actually, you know, they would buy in, like they'd, they'd come and defend. It's it's a little different if you talk about like this and joke about it, but if actually yeah. there, you'd have to defend the country, you'd you'd do it. And uh, my, both of my grandparents, uh, my, my moms and dads, uh, dads were, were in the war and they, they survived, but you know, it's, so it's, it's big. There's only a few people left anymore in, in the, that yeah. are actually in the world war. So yeah, but actually Finns are very known for, for, how how hard hard they work and you know how how they never give up. It's called CISO. Um, I can't translate the word. But. Okay, we won't know it anyway. Is uh, yeah, yeah. So like I said before, you played with and I I know even Sergey Gonchar is on there and Malkin and Crosby and Timu Solani and the Sedins and there's been a, a list of players, Heatley and Spezza and Alfie. Um, do you feel how like blessed you were to be able to play with? Like, did you know at the time of how good all these players were that you're playing with, if that makes sense? Yeah, I was very lucky to see those guys from very close every every night. And that's it was no accident that they're so good. It's just, you know, there's times that you look, you're sitting on the bench and I look at them, the, the, the way they played and the tr tr tricks they did with the puck and how they kind of controlled the pace and made the, made the plays. 
uh, the National Hockey League is, is is very tough tough league to, to score score points and goals, and, and those guys did it every night. You know, it's just it's very impressive, and, and you know the best seat that they actually paid for it. You know, sitting five playing five minutes a game, you get the best seat in the house. They pay for it, so <laughs> that's a great experience to me. Is that tough to play? I, I can't remember the number of games you played. I want, it's around seven hundred. Maybe I'm wrong, but if if you're not playing more than 10 minutes, is it tough to maintain that kind of edge in a game? It's, it's very hard to do anything with the puck. It's, there's no feel for the game. There's no rhythm. As soon as you hit, you know, the 13, 14 minute mark, there's a certain type of rhythm and you know, it's how it's going. You know, the game becomes much simpler, but I have huge respect for the guys that, you know, play less than minutes, five, six, seven minutes, and they can actually, get do something on the guys because it's, it's hard you know it's mentally hard but it physically you know yes there's no feel and you know you get the puck you're you're almost scared of it you know it's like what do i do with this so yeah it, it's hard and some guys are actually gonna do it you know year after year and, and it's not easy i looked up i want to say one of your fights with ottawa you fought donald brashear if i'm not mistaken and i'm trying to figure out why no i was it wasn't brash i would have been dead that's I played with him <laughs> in Vancouver, but uh, and I knew it's like no, don't be stupid. I'm trying. To, yeah, like I'm trying to remember if you had like a, a big heavyweight. I'm like, why would you try to take on heavyweights? Um, was there any fight you got into and was like, I shouldn't be in this fight? Uh, I, I kind of I knew who I was fighting. Uh, one probably the toughest guy. I was actually Lusic at that time. I remember he might have been second or first or second or third year in the league. I was actually in Fitchburg at the time. And, you know, what happened, he, he knocked out a lot of the big, you know, big boys, you know, early in the year. And I knew it's like, this guy can hit. So, so I were down, this was in Boston, we we're down by, a, I don't know, three, four goals. And I sat on the bench with, with uh, Larock at, at the time for, you know, I probably had a three shifts the whole, whole first two periods. And then, Therian comes into the, the room and screams at us, like, do something, you know, get, you know, do something at least. And so Brash goes and asks him to fight an item by the, I don't lose his feet and want to or, or something. So next time I got on the ice, I just like didn't give him an option, just start punching him. I like, knew I, it's like, okay, you better not open up, open up on the, on the right <laughs> side. So I just tried to protect my head and he probably hit me 10 times so hard on my, on, on the side. It's like one more time. I, I can't take this anymore. Then he probably got a little tired. And then well, actually he didn't, he didn't hit me that, you know, anymore on, on the, on the right side, actually my left side. So the fight ended pretty quick, but I, my whole left side was just bruised next day and he hit hard. So, you know, he, he's a pretty tough guy, but there's some, yeah, some, is. even some bigger boys too. So, so it wasn't my league. You always have like this great sarcastic wit about you when you're on the bench and the team may be struggling, are you trying to like tell jokes, do anything, any of that stuff? Uh, I tried to stay involved. Uh, I'm, I'm sure guys were just mad at me because I was just basically telling what's, what's happening on the ice and I was repeating myself. Uh, They're just like told me at times like to shut the fuck up a few <laughs> times because I was so, so loud, but I it was more about being in the, being at the moment and trying to, keep yourself mentally ready and somehow involved in the game because there you know when the next next shift is coming and and so that was as a part of that and obviously when there was emotions you know going in the game it was a lot easier 
and in the games that there wasn't much going, it was it was tougher. Uh, when you played with Matt Cook, who's also known to be a, a pain in the ass, for lack of a better term, uh, did you guys share notes? Like, how was there any of that stuff, or did you guys get along? Where where we started actually, he was a little early on in in Vancouver uh, with me. We're in the minors. You played in Syracuse with them, time. yeah. Yeah, well, it was just quickly, and then he got called up earlier, and then we played together for quite a quite a quite a while. And actually, we had one tilt in the practice too. Uh, so, so what happened? Uh, uh, I wasn't playing that year much. I was a scratch uh, quite a bit, and I was really frustrated. And and then there was some kind of two on two or three and three drill, and I got slashed by by Cookie. So then I just turned turned back, and then I just went at it. So. So we had our, our battles and, and, and our, uh, it was actually, we, we were competing for the same spot, but Cookie, you know, just, he was a hell of a player. You know, he, he made, made a good career and won a cup in, in Pittsburgh too. So he actually filled me in when I, when I left, left Pittsburgh, he, he came to fill, fill in. So <laughs> good timing for him. <laughs> uh, and what's it like to have three brothers uh, successful in hockey and playing in the National Hockey League? At one point, were you all playing at the same time? I think so. I can't remember. Uh, well, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I played with uh, no, Mikko is the, is the middle middle brother. He got he got injured early. Uh, he had to retire when I was like 22 or so. But he's been working with uh, with the Saints since. Uh, he yeah. got drafted uh, maybe 99, and then he's been working for, uh, as, a, as a scout probably like 20 some years for them. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, it was great because you know, at the younger age, with uh, all we did was just play different games, and, and we always had. You know, friends to play with, so uh, it was always huge competition. I think it's a big part of it that we were able to, you know, play hockey at the pro level and, and you know get where we did. And and I think it's uh, it's been great. And that was like the weirdest thing was playing the first time against Tuomo in in, in the NHL because you're kind of like you want him to do good, but you want to well, your team to win, and you're kind of you know that he's on the ice, so. But it it got better once it once the you know years went by and, and you got got used to it. But well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm proud of both of the, both my brothers how how they did and uh, how they've done by far. Did you chirp him much on the ice or just let him play? I didn't really say anything to him, but off the ice and at home, you know, it's 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 constant. It was a competition. We just we had different types of competition. Always ended up with the fight, and we played until I won. So, so there was no option. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what does Yarko Rutu like to do now outside of hockey? I know you got two young kids, so I'm assuming it takes up a ton of your time. But is there one thing you like to do to get away from uh, the game and work? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty busy with the work and family, and, and obviously there's some, there's some uh, you now with the with the COVID. I think it's just kind of messes things up and so yeah. it's it's very basic stuff uh outside of things I, I like to go in the sauna that's that's a hobby i really like to do i do quite a bit and actually now it's it's great when it's cold outside and the the, the ocean or the sea freezes over so you can actually go and go swimming in the ocean when it's free frozen and they just drill a hole on it that's great you should try oh. it no roots what's yeah. your what's your i want to know roots is i sauna every day i have one in my gym here yeah, i'm a yeah. huge believer in the benefits from it like, do you guys have one outside or is it built in like in your house? And like, and I want to know how long you go for. I'm curious. No, it's, it's actually a C it's actual C. So what, what happens at this part is the sauna club. There's a couple of different, but actually there's in Helsinki, downtown Helsinki, there's quite a few spots. 
So they have those, those like the fans underneath the water just keeps the water open. So it's frozen. The sea is actually frozen, but the, the, the whatever fans you call them, it, it keeps the water circulating. Yeah. So there's, there's actually open, open in the areas where you can swim. So I, well, I don't, I don't think it's, it's that, if you just dip in and you, you know, basically sit on the stairs, you can stay there long, but there's some people actually go swimming and they actually do laps for like five or 10 minutes and it's cold. <laughs> so I, I'm not like, I can swim a little bit, but it's, you know, I'm more of a type of guy, just go down and actually dive and then come right back up. So. Okay. So you don't, you don't sauna at your house. So you go to like the clubs where they have uh, them. Is well, that- I have a, I have a sauna, sauna in my house too, but I, it's, it's uh, so, but it, it, it's, I, I like going to the, the, there's kind of like private last, last public places where it's just meet other people and you can talk to yeah, them and, yeah, yeah. and then you go skinny dipping or whatnot. So I guess you, you can do skinny dipping. I actually do because it's somewhere like <laughs> men only or women only a day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, I'm just going to move on from that one. Uh... Yeah, Wally, you like it. You like all the naked. <laughs> Wally stuff loves roots. Wally loves this stuff. He loves I it. Know, uh, I know. Show's over. Is, <laughs> That's um, why I chose him. Yeah. Uh, it used to, I, Every day, I would expect you to chase after me in the locker room at some point. Um, we ask everybody, and you look like you're in pretty good shape, but is there, if you're watching a movie, is there a particular snack, a cheat snack you like to eat? Uh, anything. Candy, finished candy, chocolate chips, anything. It's, if, if it's on the table, it's going down. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really. I, what about, I, I'm not very picky. What about Swedish berries, or are you allowed to mention that? Are they just different name in Finland? Uh, there, well, Sweden has Sweden and Swedish have pretty, pretty much the same, <laughs> like uh, loose candy. There's tons. There's if you like candy, it's not a good country to live in because it's everywhere, and there's so many different you know options. And you know, just go to grocery. There's just huge aisles of of, of candy, and it's tempting. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what day do you celebrate Christmas on? Is it the afternoon of the 24th or is it the 25th? Uh, we're 24th. Yeah, that's actually Santa actually comes in. So we open open the presents on 24th. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's the same like your Christmas days is, is a day off. And but the actual party part is in the 24th. Perfect. Uh, Roots, it was really good to see you. Uh, I appreciate the time. I, I, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, we read about you occasionally doing some good stuff over there. Uh, congrats on the kids and the family and, and happy uh, retirement with your coaching career with Columbus. I, I'm, I would like to see you back behind the bench at some point because I think it'd be entertaining. But um, whatever you choose to do, we wish you all the best. wonder if they need a mascot. I could be a good mascot behind the bench. <laughs> you could be the new Spartacus. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Uh, right. Thanks, right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Roots. Roots. Connecting to the Methernet. Methernet now connected. Meth, we just spent $17 on making this new Methernet graphic. And we're back to this. You look like you're in a cave. I know. Well, you know what it is? No. It's not the Methernet stuff the issue anymore. It's the adapter cables that I'm dealing oh with my and God. the cameras. Now, 
Yeah, now it's not good. I'm gonna, you know what we're gonna do? You're gonna call the guys at TSN, which you're you're now friends with, and get them to bring in a broadcast truck for every time we do a show. We're gonna park it at the mansion. <laughs> we're gonna have a full studio setup. Is what's gonna happen? Oh okay? shit, man! Work I, on that. I, hey, listen. I'm embarrassed and I, and, and I feel for Craig more than anybody. Cause he's the one that has to do all the editing now because of, because of my shit connection. <laughs> this one's going anyway. to be, be an edit there. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you look, it's a lot softer lighting. It's very nice for you. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Craig, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I look, we apologize for the work we're going to make you do now. Oh, it's all good. You know what though? The Yarko interview was great. He, I don't know if you guys know this. He's one of my, he's one of the guys I love watching play. He's just an absolute shithead. And I yeah. love it. He's one of those guys that when you see him on the other team, you hate him. Yes. And we got, we got him on Ottawa for like three years and you fall in love with him, right? Like those yeah. guys yeah. that are just like peace. They, they'll just, they can get under anybody's skin. They'll get under your teammates skin. Like they're just the best. I love those guys. Anyways. But, he, but he's uh, so fun yeah, to talk to like, like in the room, those guys afterwards where you're like, I would like to drive his face into the boards. He's always fun to talk to afterwards in the room. That's what I always like. Anyway. Yeah. Him and I missed each other. Uh, I was kind of working more marketing stuff at the time. So, I mean, I got to see him play, but I didn't yeah. get to work with him like that. So it was cool to kind of get to see like an extended interview with him. I love that guy. So that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, one more thing we got to do before we get out of here, but while Messinternet is still working and the camera still pointed at him and everything else, so I don't want to jinx it. Uh, we got some more bone sauce stuff to give away uh, based off of our Yoko interview. Uh, another one of their kind of Christmas pack things. Um, and uh, he was talking about his time with the Ottawa Senators. So here, here's today's question, which is uh, it, it, who were his teammates that made up the century line that he talked about? The everybody when you add up their age is over 100. Uh, so if you know the answer to that, head on over to Twitter and use the hashtag Wally and Mathot. And uh, yeah, you could earn yourself a Bone Saw Sosco holiday pack. Uh, also, head on over to the website too. You can use the code WAM, get 15% off your order. Uh, get them in soon though. Christmas is coming up. So if you want to get something for that, I would uh, hustle on that. We do want to thank all our sponsors who have been fantastic to us. But, uh, and that, you know, Whitewater, Bonesaw, Gong Show, BEI, Sports Interaction. Uh, do you guys order a lot from Amazon, by the way? The misses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't. You order it, do, you get, do you get uh, email saying, rate this order? Like, hey, tell us what you think about the order. And I'm like, will you stop? It's Christmas. It's not for me. It's a gift. I would appreciate you not <laughs> blowing up my emails. But maybe I'm oh, doing good something. Good point. Wrong. I didn't think of that. But that's what's bugging me. Yeah, my I, kids I ordered out. some weird. I ordered some weird candy for my kids like a year ago, <laughs> and now I always get emails from Amazon. It's like more things you might like, and it's like ah caramel. Oh, yeah. so I was like, I'll just go to the store. Like, come on, guys, relax here. Yeah, Anyways. I'm with you. Okay. Um, the algorithm. I'm, I'm worried, Meth. So we're gonna let you go and check back in on Monday to see what's next with the Methernet. Oh no no no! It'll be sorted out. Don't worry, guys. I, I got thought it. it was sorted out. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> see you, everybody have a good you. weekend i'll see you later yeah okay, okay. that's the wally mathod show we'll talk to you on monday